This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. All right. If you're taking notes, uh, you got your Bible, take your Bible out, take your Bible app out, uh, take it out. Uh, you can just entitle today, which none of you are going to know how to spell this, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Everybody be like, how do you spell that? What, what do you do? Yeah, right there? Ah, hey, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Go with me, Daniel chapter 3. Uh, we're going to look at a great story. I was over the last couple of weeks kind of trying to figure out what am I going to preach on in the last service uh, in this in this building, and, um, and the Lord just kept bringing my heart back to Daniel 3, Daniel 3, and, uh, and I got to imagine that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had to feel like this in this video, had to feel like what has happened to my life. See, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were taken, okay, taken out of their land, just kind of like the movie Taken. Anybody like that movie? Yeah? I could be Liam Neeson, to be honest. I just kill them all. I'm, I'm really, really good at it. You should have seen me yesterday. I was out there with this wand, spraying weeds, killing weeds, killing them all. Somebody was like, you're going to kill those flowers? I was like, yes, kill it all, kill it all. You know what I mean? Get rid of it all. Mulch is my friend. Oh, I know. Jess is upset at me now. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were taken out of their land, okay? And they were brought to the land of Babylon, okay? And they were forced into Babylon culture. They were forced to work for a king that was not their king. They were taken out of their land. They were taken from their place where they served their God. They served our God. And now in this new land and in this new season, they're not allowed to worship that God. They're not, they don't have a place to worship that God. That, that God has been stripping away. The God who they've served is now gone. And all of a sudden, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego have got to feel like we are slaves in a foreign land. We've been taken. And I, I don't know about you, but I believe that, and, and, and I can't prove it biblically, but I got to believe that somewhere in their heart of hearts, they felt like, did God forget about us? Where did he go? Where did his plans go? What has happened to our lives? What has happened to our future? And the reality is this, is that we all have moments in life that we feel this way. I remember a couple times. I'll never forget the, the third third Sunday ever of Elevate Church, okay? So we had the first Sunday. Uh, we believed, we, we all, that uh, whole entire summer, we were like, man, 300 people are coming to the first Sunday, first Sunday, first Sunday. And I think, how many visitors do we have? Just like, I think it was like, ooh. Outside of friends and family, I think it was like 20. I think it was like 20. And we rented the Little Miami School Auditorium that sat like 1,200 people, okay? Okay, so yeah, so indulge me for a second, okay? Just think about sitting in an auditorium that seats 1,200 and you are one in that big mass of empty seats, you know? Like, I, I listen, 
I am never nervous to speak, but I'll never forget that first Sunday. I walked on the stage, and it was like my heart was going to beat out of my chest because all I could think about was the empty seats. I thought, what in the world? And I remember, uh, I remember that first Sunday, like right before I went up to speak, Jess came up to me, and she was like, everything's going to be fine. It's going to be a good day. Nobody's here, but it's going to be a good day. So I remember we had that first Sunday, and it was tough. And I'll never forget, we were like, man, the second Sunday's got to be better. Like, people were sick. They forgot. Second Sunday's got to be better than the first Sunday. No, the second Sunday was worse than the first Sunday, okay? I think some of the 20 that showed up surely did not show up again the second week, okay? So I'll never forget, I remember the third Sunday, third Sunday, and, and man, what a, what a crazy way God works. Because I'll never forget the third Sunday, it was just, it was just so, it was so little. It was just so little. And we were, we were like, we were just devastated. We felt like that video. Like, God, where did you go? Dad, where are you? Have you left us? Did you forget about us? Did you forget about all the things you said to me about moving here? Did you forget about the plans you put in my heart? God, did you forget about us? You know, and, and what a testimony to Pastor Matt and Pastor Levi. These two guys that were living in our house, in our basement, that moved their lives to come here to start this church. And I mean, me and Jess can barely keep things together because we, we are thinking in our heads, what have we done? Have we totally missed God's plan for our life? Did we totally do this out of ourselves and not out of God? And, and where are we going and what are we doing? And I'll never forget that Wednesday night, we're like in my living room, okay? And have you ever gone to somebody's house and somebody has just died? Have you ever experienced that? I, as a pastor, I've experienced that, where like somebody has just died and you have to go into their house and talk to those people and try to console them some way, somehow. And, I, and the feeling in a room like that, it is like, it is like so heavy and it's so thick that you feel like you could just cut through it. You know what I'm talking about? Like that kind, like that was my house that Sunday night. It was like, it was so thick. It was so heavy. And we all kind of looked at each other going like, what are we going to do? Like what, what, what is going on? Where, where are we? Or, or I, remember, I remember eight years ago. Eight years ago, um, we were living in Troy, and our marriage wasn't good. I'll, I'll never forget. I'm, I remember, like, the, I think the height of, like, just the craziness of, of that season and time was. I remember me and Jess, we were having uh, an argument that we probably had every day. We argued probably every day, every day. I remember, like, Michael, when he was little, 
he told me all he remembers about car rides was me and Jess fighting. That's all he can remember. Just us arguing and bickering and fighting and fighting and fighting and things were things were not good. And I remember like we were like having this argument in our bedroom, and like I'm just I'm just the worst person in the world. Look at your neighbor, say Pastor Jeff's just the worst person. Okay, he's just he's just the worst person. I remember like I'm I'm an antagonizer. Okay, I'm an antagonizer, and and I'll do things out of spite. And so Jess is like so mad at me, and she's screaming at me, and like like. Isn't the worst thing ever, like, when somebody just walks away? Like, when you're in the middle of an argument or a conversation and somebody just literally walks away, okay? And I remember, I remember I was, like, so mad, and I gave her the number one. I was like, you're number one. And I literally just walked out of the room and, like, walked away. And then I heard this, and I was like, what just happened? Jess put her fist through the wall, okay, literally, Put her fist through the wall. And I'm like, thank God you didn't hit a stud, because that would have been bad news for you. But I remember that night, like walking around the neighborhood going, God, where are you? Like, what's happened? Like, why, God? You told me this is the girl for me to marry. The Holy Spirit told me. So what's going on? Where are you, God? What has happened? And I don't know if you've had a moment like this. I don't know if you're in a moment like this. But if you follow the Lord for any length of time, I promise you, you will have a place in the journey where you go, where are you, God? And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that's where we find them. Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3, verse 1. Says this, King Nebuchadnezzar. What a name! I mean, like old Bible names are just great. Okay, I mean, like why did why wasn't I named Nebuchadnezzar? You know what I mean? Like, there's great. King Nebuchadnezzar made a golden statue, ninety feet tall, nine feet wide, and he set it up in the plain in the province of Babylon. Verse four says this. Then a herald shouted. A herald. Can we get heralds in 2019? That'd be Fantastic. We need a church herald. Who wants to be the church herald, you know? Then a herald shouted, people of all races, nations, languages, listen to the king's commandment. Why is he saying people of all these nations and, and languages? Because they had trampled all these nations in all these places and, and, and brought them to their nation. Verse 5 says this, when you hear the sound of the horn, the flutes, I think is there. Zizzer? Zizer? I don't know. Let's just all pretend I said it right, okay? The lyre, the harp, the pipes, musical instruments. Bow to the ground and worship King Nebuchadnezzar's golden statue. Verse 6. Anyone who refuses to obey will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Point number one. And the only point I have today, I have one point today, okay? I promise you, one point is this. What's your move? What's your move? Um, I love the game checkers. Anybody else in here go, you know, just checkers, checkers, okay? How many are chess people? You're chess people, okay? 
How many are like, man, board games are the worst? <laughs> okay, okay. Listen, but I love checkers, okay? All right, love checkers. And um, anytime after the building's done, you want to call me up and meet me at Cracker Barrel and get some pancakes and get beat in checkers, I mean, I am game, okay? And I will wipe the floor with you, okay? I'm a checkers master, okay? Love checkers. And the thing that I love about checkers is it's the strategy, okay? The, the mind thoughts, okay? That's fantastic. It's the mind thoughts. The thoughts of like, what is your next move, right? What's the next move that you're going to make? This is exactly what is happening for them. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, listen, there's a decree in verse 6 that says, anyone who doesn't bow down will be immediately thrown into a blazing furnace, okay? And I know it's hard for us in America to understand this, okay? But this is real, okay? This is real in the Bible, and it is still real in today's age and time. If you go into other countries, just read a report a few weeks ago about an ISIS group that took over a church of 40 people in the Middle East, put guns to their heads, and said, do you believe in Jesus? Shot one. Went to the next one. Do you believe in Jesus? Shot the next one. Do you believe in Jesus? Shot the next one. Could you imagine being the 40th person? Seeing 39 of your friends just die for the Lord? So this was a real moment for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And in that moment, they had to figure out, what do I believe? And they didn't have time to go to Starbucks. Who wants a latte this morning? <laughs> they didn't have time to go to Starbucks and go, hey, I'm going to sit down with my friends, and we're going to pray about it, and we're going to study about it, and we're going to hang out about it, and we're going to talk about it, and we're going to hang out and have a good time and drink some coffee, and hopefully God will reveal his plan over time. You know what I mean? That just wasn't an option at that moment. At that moment, they had to figure out what they believed in really, really fast. And at that moment, they made a decision, we're going to trust the Lord. We're going to put our confidence in the Lord. They made a decision to say, you know what, I'm not going to bow down. Where, where's Dan at? My man, Dan the man. Raise, raise your hand up real quick. Dan the man, okay. Did you say, is it August or this fall, 50, 51 years? Can we, they're going to celebrate 51 years of marriage. Can we just give it up for them? Dan and Bernie. Listen, just like them, we're going to have to figure out, are we going to bow down? Are we going to bow down to things? Are we going to bow down to things like divorce? When things are tough, am I going to just quickly go, it's better on the other side. It looks better over here. It's just culture. People just get divorces. They just move on. They just go do something else. Am I going to bow down to divorce? Am I going to bow down to loneliness? I know I'm lonely, and I know that God says he has a plan for me, but am I going to be willing to fight for what God's plan really is? 
Am I going to bow down to offense when I get hurt? Am I going to bow down to unforgiveness? You know what's so crazy is this, is that I, I've, I've talked about this in, in service before, how I wrote my dad a letter. My dad left when I was three years old, and, and a couple years ago, the Lord told me, he said, I want you to forgive your dad, and I want you to write him a letter, and I want you to release him from any anger or bitterness or anything you feel in your soul. And so I wrote him a letter, and, and, and I sent it off to him, and he never responded back. But in my heart of hearts, I was really good, really okay for a season. And then last, this last January, my mom passed away. And I remember being at her service feeling like, I can't believe that jerk. Feeling like, man, my mom, it was his wife at one point, in one time. This guy can't send a card. He can't make a call. He can't do anything. I can't believe this. And I remember bitterness and anger coming back in. And I remember the Holy Spirit going, are you going to bow down to that? You going to go back? Because you were living in freedom with me. You were living in the freedom of letting it go and forgiving and moving on. Are you going to go back and are you going to bow down to that, Jeff? So the question today is this, what's our move? What's our move? What are we going to trust God for? What are we going to stand in faith for? Are we going to bow down to the pressures of this world, the pressures of this life, the pressures of our jobs and the pressures of what people think we should have or we shouldn't have? Are we going to bow down to things or are we going to go, no, I'm going to trust the Lord through all things. I love, I love the decision that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego made. They made a response. This was the response back to the king in verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. Basically going, I don't know who you think you are, but you are not our God. You are not our king. We do not answer to you. For sure. Verse 17. If you throw us into the blazing furnace, the God in whom we serve is able to save us. He's able to save us. I remember that tough time in, in our marriage. And I would go on these, these walks at night around the block. I think, do you remember the creepy old man in Home Alone? that used to shovel, and the kids were scared of him, I was that guy, okay, that walked the neighborhood at like 1 o'clock in the morning, and people were probably like, who is this weirdo, okay? And I would just, I would just walk and talk to the Lord and go, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And he always remind me, of the day we got married. He would just go, just fulfill what you said that day. Just keep fighting. Don't give up. Keep believing. Trust me. Now, why was our marriage bad? Because, number one, me as the husband, the head of the house, 
the word had said a lot about my role as a husband. I just wasn't fulfilling it. I wasn't honoring my wife. I wasn't putting her first. I wasn't sacrificing my life for her just as Christ sacrificed his life for us. I just, I wasn't doing my job. I had nothing to do with God. It had nothing to do with God leaving me or God forsaking me or God forgetting about me. It had everything to do with me just not obeying the word of the Lord. But God would just keep going. Just keep, just keep going, Jeff. Just keep fighting. Just keep, just keep trusting. Because sometimes you're going to find yourself just like them going, you know what? If you throw me into the fire, who cares? Who cares? It's okay. We're all right. Even though I'm in the fire, my God is able to save me. My God is able to rescue me. What was God telling me on those walks around the block? I'm able to rescue this this marriage that's on life support right now. I'm able to heal this marriage. I'm able to heal your relationship. I'm able, I'm able, and Jeff, if you'll just walk with me, if you'll just trust me, if you just won't give up, Jeff, we'll get there. Verse 18 says this, but even if he doesn't, love their language. They say, but even if God doesn't save us from the fire, We want to make it clear, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods. Can I get an amen from somebody today, okay? We will never serve your gods. Or worship the golden statue you've set up. Truth is this. About week three when we started this church. This is the truth. It was 22 people in, in service because all of our people that came with us to start the church were actually helping us to run the church, okay? So it was 22 people in an 1,100-seat sanctuary, okay? Um, our T&O, our T&O that day was $67, okay? It cost us $1,100 a weekend to rent the school, okay? We had more bills than we had income to take care of us on week three, on week three. And I remember that Sunday in my living room, and I'm looking at the guys, and they're looking, they're looking at us. They're looking at us like, like, hey, we trust you. You know, we like, like we've given up our lives to follow you, to follow what God's told us to do too. They're looking at us, and they looked at us and they're like, we're all like kind of having this like crazy moment. Nobody's talking. And I remember I said, okay. I said, we're going to turn on some worship music, and we're going to pray. And so we turned on some, some Bethel. We turned down the lights. We all went into separate places, and we all just started praying. And I remember the Lord so clearly said to me, he said, you're in the fire. That's not the response you want from the Lord, Right? Like, you would never want to pray and go, oh, thanks, God, I'm in the fire. I really appreciate that. that. That's awesome. 
really, really happy about that. And he said, you're in the fryer. And I remember, do you know like a moment where you're under so much pressure and so much strain where your brain hurts because your brain is trying to understand what is happening? You know what I'm saying? You can't, you can't focus, you can't think, because your brain is just working so hard to go, I don't understand this. I, I don't get, I don't get where I'm at. And I remember this, this, this feeling like, like, God, like, where are you? Like, I remember feeling like this. I remember feeling like, what did I do wrong? What, where did I make the mistake? Where did I take the wrong turn, God? What, what's happening? My brain was working so hard to try to figure it all out. And I remember the Lord said to me, he said, he said you're in the fire, but I promise you, you will come out of the fire, you won't be burnt, and you won't smell like smoke. And he took me to Daniel 3. He said, I promise you, Jeff, I know you're in the fire, but I promise you, you will come out. I remember I went back to the living room. I went back and I, and I huddled Jess and the guys, you remember this? And, and, and we were in my living room and they're looking at, at me really intently like, like this is like, going to be a big decision because in my heart of hearts, I wanted to look at Matt and Levi and say, go back home. I wanted so badly to call up one of my ministry friends in ministry and go, get me a job. I had a friend, he uh, works for Craig Rochelle, and he's like, if you ever want a job at Life Church, if you ever want a job with Craig Rochelle, if you ever want to be a campus pastor for Greg, Craig Rochelle, you call me. You call me. In the back of my head, I was thinking, I'm calling him. I'm calling him tonight because everything is failing right now. Everything doesn't make sense right now. Everything just feels like God has left me, and I can't understand it. And I wanted so badly to tell the guys, it's done. It's over. We failed. It's, it's, it's a done deal. But the Lord spoke to my heart, and he said, you're in the fire, but you're going to come out. I went back into the living room. And that's why I told the guys. I looked at them and I said, guys, I mean, you would have thought it was a rocky speech. <laughs> I mean, I, I got in there and I said, guys, listen. I said, nothing makes sense right now. Nothing feels like it's working right now. But the Lord told me that we're in the fire. And if we'll just trust him, we will come out. And guys, just, just trust the Lord. Let's trust the Lord. And, and, we, and we circled up in my living room, and we prayed together, and we worshiped the Lord together, and there was no band, and there was no lights, and there was no service, and there was a feeling of death in our hearts and our souls, but we worshiped God regardless. It was us saying, no, we will not bow down to fear. 
No, we will not bow down to the intimidation we feel from the enemy. No, we will not bow down to this situation, this moment, this thing that we're feeling right now. We will hold hands together. We will trust. If it's just us four, we will band our faith together. We will trust the Lord. We will worship the Lord. We will put the Lord first, and we will see God's promises fulfilled. And we just, we prayed. I can't imagine the courage it took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to go. You know what? Yeah, we'll go. We'll go to the fire. We're okay. Our God is, our God is good. Our God is good. I'm just so, I'm, I mean, guys, if you ever get the chance to just love on Pastor Matt or Pastor Levi, just love on them. I can't imagine the courage it took them to stay at our house. I can't imagine the courage it took them to grind tables with us out in the garage. I can't imagine the courage that it took for them to, to, to help us start a church, to work part-time jobs, to get up on Sunday mornings, to set up the church at 4.30 in the morning, to make sure that we were ready at the teen center because we had to set up everything at the teen center. I can't imagine the courage. But I'll never forget that day in my living room. In my living room, I looked at them and I said, guys, if you'll trust the Lord with us, if we'll put our faith together, I said, by year five, I promised them, I said, I said, by year five, we will go look at what the Lord has done. I said, you, I said if you'll just trust with us, we will get there. And I am here today to tell you this, that you might be in the fire or you might have a fire coming up or there might be a season where you feel the same way and you need to understand something really, really clearly is this, is that with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, there was another in the fire and another, his name was Jesus Christ, okay? There was somebody because King Nebuchadnezzar called his people together and said, you know what, guys? I thought we threw three into the fire, but right now I see four in the fire and they're not bound up and they're free and they're not burned and they are protected and they are doing well. Guys, what happened? There is four in there and the fourth he looks like a god inside of the fire. There was another in the fire. There was another in the fire with me. There was another in the fire with Jess and my family and my boys. There was another in the fire for Elevate Church. There was another in the fire with us. And it was God, Jehovah. And he was with us. And he protected us. And he watched over us. And his grace abounded to us. And he said, Jeff, if you'll just trust me, we will come out of this fire. And we will see. You'll see my goodness. You'll see my hand. You'll see me for you. And the Lord says the same thing to you today. If you'll just trust me. I know, I know that you feel like I've abandoned you. I know that you feel like I'm very far away, but I promise you, I know you're in the fire, but, but, but something great is going to come out. Worship team, you guys can come up front. Listen, listen, I need you to understand this, okay? When you have, when you have raw, raw gold, okay, it's not beautiful, 
Okay? If you look, if you look at, at, at raw gold, you just look at it and go, it's just a, it just looks like a hunk, of, a hunk of metal. But if you'll take that raw gold and you'll heat up the furnace and you put that raw gold into the furnace and you'll melt that raw gold, it will remove all the impurities. And when that raw gold comes out, out of the furnace, You'll go, man, that is beautiful. Look at that beautiful gold. Listen, I never knew how much fear I had until I started this church. When you wake up at three o'clock in the morning, you got no money to your name. You don't know how you're going to pay your bills. You don't know how you're going to pay the church's bills. You don't know. You don't know how you're going to survive. And you wake up at three o'clock in the morning, and your heart is beating out of your chest, and you are paralyzed with fear. You realize, I got some fear. God never abandoned me. I felt like he did. He never abandoned me. He was just trying to melt off the impurities. He knew that I couldn't fulfill all that I'm called to do, all that Elevate Church is called to do if I had these impurities like fear. How was I going to lead us to this new building? If I had fear, God needed to just melt the fear. And that's what the fire does. I get it. It's not fun. I get it. The fire is not fun. But Jesus will meet you in the fire. And he'll put a shield of protection around you. And he'll walk in there with you. And he'll go, we're going to come out of this you won't be burned and you guess what you won't even smell like smoke I'm here to tell you today it didn't take five years it didn't take four years three short years me and Matt and Levi we were praying in the new building the other morning praying and thanking God for this new season. We're just kind of looking at each other going, look what the Lord's done. Look what the Lord's done. This isn't us. This isn't me. Listen, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough of a pastor or a leader. This is not me. This is the Lord's. This is the Lord's plan. This is the Lord's season. This is the Lord's time. We're just stewards of what God wants to do. Amen. Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. 
We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information.